Hi everyone, I'm Carla, and you're listening to Screensaver, a podcast about all things pop culture. Today's episode is a continuation of an ongoing series of episodes in which Iman and I reflect on the past year to discuss and rank our favorite pop culture releases. Now, I know what you're thinking. Isn't it too late to be reflecting on 2016? And the answer to that is yes, definitely. But we're going to do it anyway. In our past few episodes, we've ranked our favorite TV shows and movies. In a future episode, we'll be discussing our favorite albums, as soon as we schedule that with Eric. And today, we'll be looking at the year 2016 from a wider lens and pose a few broad questions. Which were the biggest letdowns? Who made it on the 2016 leaderboard or Hall of Fame? And finally, in a year fraught with divisiveness and depression, who actually won the year? Now, Iman and I posed these same questions at the end of 2015. She's in LA right now, but I have her on the phone, and we're going to make a tradition of it and just dive right into these same questions, starting with our biggest letdowns. Hi, Iman. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Fired up. Ready to go. Good. Okay, so we're starting out with our biggest letdowns of 2016. What do you got? Okay, obviously 2016 was full of a lot of letdowns, namely our country. Yeah. But in comparison to that, other letdowns won't seem like that big a deal, but... This is a pop culture podcast, we're going to refrain from all that, and we'll try to focus on the more lighthearted topics. So let's go, our biggest letdowns. Uh, I want to start our list with probably one of the biggest letdowns of the year for me, and this is Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Ah, yes. Man, I mean, let me be clear, I didn't have high hopes for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child going into it. But somehow everything about it was worse than I thought it would be. (laughs) First we had this whole, quote, keep the secret hashtag circulated by J.K. Rowling in an effort to avoid spoilers for the new Harry Potter story. Then we had the ambiguity around whether or not the published script was actually written by her. Then we had the flaming piece of garbage that was the writing itself. (laughs) I, oh my god, the whole thing just made me legitimately angry and then really sad and then I forgot about it and that forgettability something that would make me list Fantastic Beasts as something of a letdown too yeah I said it that forgettability has or forgetfulness has low-key come to define all Harry Potter content with the exception of the of the amusement park right post post eighth movie as Yeah, just generally forgetful. Yeah, I would have been all for a Harry Potter comeback, especially in terms of getting young people interested in the series again, but this isn't the comeback any of us were looking for. Anything short of the brilliance that was the original series is just going to come off as a blatant attempt to rake in cash, and I think unfortunately that's what happened with Cursed Child. So true. I mean, I saw so many people lined up, I went to one of the book release parties, and I didn't even feel happy when I saw little kids. I just kind of felt like, man, it sucks to be you. Yeah. Oh, God. What's your first letdown? 
Uh, well, one of my letdowns, I think we mentioned this a little bit in our last podcast, but we've got to say it, summer blockbuster movies. I don't think I was interested in a single movie that came out this summer, and of the ones we saw, like Captain America Civil War, they were a bit of a bummer. Jeez, I completely forgot Captain America Civil War came out last year. I thought that was 2015. I know, and it's on Netflix already, which I think speaks to the quality of it. Netflix is like low-key the straight-to-DVD thing. (laughs) That's right. Oh god, speaking of things that should have gone straight to DVD, season two of Mr. Robot! Is that an unpopular opinion? Not at all. I mean, I really wanted to like season two, but I couldn't get past two episodes. The writing and the story, they were just like inaccessible and so confusing in this way that wasn't at all enticing or intriguing to me. It didn't feel like a puzzle like season one where you want to rewatch it the second you finish it. Mm-hmm. I mean, with season two, I was telling so many friends that were asking me, oh, have you caught up yet? Have you caught up yet? No, I don't want to. I don't care to seek it out. I don't care to catch up. I have a feeling, watch me watch the second season and then play this back to myself. (laughs) Anyway, I'm taking a very solid stance, but I don't know. This isn't even a hot take anymore because it's so much time has passed and I still, I have no interest. So that's, in my opinion, all I have to say about it. What did you think about Mr. Robot? Well, Mr. Robot was interesting because we gave it so much love after its first season. Then all the momentum the show gained came to a full stop after its second season came out. I think Mr. Robot got too wrapped up in its own world that it isolated itself from its viewers and it just got too exhausting to try to keep up with it. Yeah, well said. Yeah. I have one more letdown, Iman. And I think this next letdown is probably my most savage. Yes! (laughs) In order to explain it, I'm going to have to give a little bit of context. So, here I go. When the website Grantland shut down at the end of 2015, we were all sad about it, and subsequently, I was really excited about Bill Simmons' new website, The Ringer. It's been a few months since it was released, and I'm just going to announce it here on Screensaver. The Ringer has been a letdown. The writing, Man, yeah. <laughs> the writing quality just isn't the same. They lost so much talent in the shutdown. Uh, the website itself isn't really functional, and even the art direction is still extremely subpar. I'm finding myself listening to their podcasts less and less, and overall, it's just not as fun of an experience that Grantland was, both in tone and in content. Am I You know what I remember most about the Ringer launch? What's that? Those Corona ads. Oh god, yes. They were everywhere! (laughs) No, I I completely agree with this, and I think... It says a lot that the one shining outcome from The Ringer for me was the Keeping It 1600 podcast, Mm -hmm. and now all those great guys have gone on and they're starting their own thing, so I'm kind of, yeah, I mean, definitely savage to put them on the disappointment list, (laughs) but I think it's deserved, unfortunately. Yeah, they need to try harder or something. I don't, maybe we just miss 
the voices that were lost and unfortunately those won't be coming back. So we'll have to get used to the new writers or something. It might just be the scenario that we have with our first letdown, Harry Potter, where it's trying to recapture magic and that's pretty hard to do. Yeah. But speaking of magic, uh, I thought it would be kind of cool to revisit our 2015 Hall of Fame leaderboard. Oh, cool. Yeah, let's do that. Let's take a, a trip back in time. Yeah, this is when I wish I had that Arthur sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back in 2015, as you mentioned, uh, we did do this last year. Our winner of the year was Michael B. Jordan, right? That was mine, and I think yours is Trevor Noah. I believe so as well. I was about to say Trevor Noah, then I remembered us saying Michael B. Jordan, so I guess it was both. Uh, We also had Aziz Ansari, we had Rami Malek, we had Oscar Isaac, we had Michael Banya, we had John Hamm, and as you mentioned before we started recording this earlier today, John Hamm's doing H&R Block commercials now, so... Yeah, I think overall, a lot of the people on our list, Trevor Noah, Aziz Ansari, I I mean, they're, the success they had in 2015, it felt like it carried over onto 2016. I would say the only one that, looking back on this, it feels a little dated is uh, Michael Pena, who kind of disappeared for a while. Yeah, but now we see pictures of Rami Malek in a velvet jacket with Migos, so (laughs) I think he's having a pretty good 2016 too, but I agree, most of these feel like the initial spark, or the initial flash, was definitely in 2015, and they haven't really done anything particularly new, with the exception of Aziz Ansari, who literally last week hosted SNL, but even that feels like it was more a consequence of 2015. And then, like you said, John Hamm is doing commercials right now, so hopefully... He has a better 2017. Yeah, at least they can all live with the fact that they made it on Screensaver Podcast's 2015 (laughs) Hall of Fame. (laughs) Yeah, but let's focus our attention on this past year, 2016, which I think undoubtedly is going to be remembered as a year of loss. But Mm -hmm. despite this... I think it's clear that several people did stand out to us as winners. Yep, all these stars amongst the darkness. (laughs) Right. And the first person I have to nominate to the 2016 leaderboard or Hall of Fame has to be Michelle Obama. Mm, Yes. (laughs) We said we were going to keep politics out of this, but man, Michelle Obama has to be on our list because this year she grew into her own form of celebrity and really cemented her legacy as one of the most impactful and most likable first ladies ever. I couldn't agree more. I don't think I could add to it more eloquently, but honestly, it's just a, I feel such heartfelt gratitude For everything that she was and continues to be. Yes. What about you? Uh, It's hard to follow Michelle Obama, (laughs) but I'm going to nominate uh, Marshala Ali. Yeah, that's good Is that how you pronounce his name? I think so. He starred in Luke Cage as Cottonmouth. He was in Moonlight. I haven't seen it yet, but you said he's in Hidden Figures. Yes, he is. 
Apparently, he's also in House of Cards, and he was in the Hunger Games movies. Oh, really? Didn't know either of those, but <laughs> especially with the first three, just feels like he's everywhere right now, and he's killing it. Also, his name sounds a lot like Mashallah, which <laughs> wouldn't be more fitting. Of course, that's the Arabic phrase that means glory be to God. He's so talented. He's fine AF, I have to say it. <laughs> He's Muslim, he has a gorgeous wife, I'm all in, I just, he makes me smile, and I'm really looking forward to him reaping the benefits of everything 2016 brought him. Yes, I think Marshala Ali is definitely my pick for breakout actor of the year, because he was in everything, and I loved him in everything he was in. I like you... I'm really looking forward to seeing him in what I'm sure will be even more diverse and interesting roles in the years ahead. For sure. Who's your next? My next person to add to the 2016 leaderboard is Beyonce. Ooh. I had to put Beyonce on this list because she got so much attention this year for her Flawless Lemonade album and for really embracing her blackness. It seemed like she found her voice this year and definitely channeled it toward worthwhile causes. I'm in full agreement. Also, the visual album that accompanied Lemonade was stunning. Beyonce in the Don't Hurt Yourself chapter is probably going to be my 2017 mood. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, what about you? Are there any other singers we should be adding to the leaderboard? Yes, and that singer-rapper is Chance. Yes! You turned me on to Chance with a cover of the Arthur theme song, and he's been giving me the warm fuzzies ever since. <laughs> Coloring Book, his album, was versatile, so re-listenable, which was really important to me this year, and easily one of my most listened to playlists of the year. We also saw him perform live this year. Yeah, that was a a 2016 highlight for me. (laughs) Yeah, I think Chance had a great year because he accomplished releasing easily one of the best albums in the past several years entirely on his own terms. He was nominated for seven Grammys, and his album Coloring Book, the one you mentioned earlier, was the first ever streaming-only album to be nominated for Album of the Year. They essentially had to change the rules in order to give him his Grammy nomination. And to top it all off, everything about him this year just exuded joy and enthusiasm and light in what was a very dark year. I don't know. He was he was like a champion for happiness, and I was really appreciative of him for that. Yes. I couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> I think it's no surprise that Chance is on our list, but somebody that was something of a surprise for me when I found myself inevitably writing his name down was Donald Glover. Hmm. That's a good one. Given the fact that I wasn't the biggest fan of his last album and he had just kind of existed on the fringes for me this was a year where he just took center stage 
As our discussion of Atlanta in our top 2016 television episode proved, he's abundantly deserving to be on this list. Awaken My Love as an album stood out as a so fun and so surprising album in a year of nonstop fire as our Beyonce and Chance nominations show. Uh-huh. Apparently he was also riding around in his Tesla at the LA Women's March last week. Oh my god. So, extra gold stars for him. Oh, and he's gonna play young Lando Calrissian in some Star Wars movie coming out. Oh, that's right. To be honest, I'm a little bummed about that, looking ahead to 2017, because I think it'll mean he'll be absorbed in that Lucasfilm bubble for a minute, and I heard that Atlanta's probably gonna be delayed, but... Whatever. I think he has a good couple years lined up, and I'm okay with the low simmer after last year's Gambino boiling point. Yeah, it was an excellent year for Donald Glover. Like Chance, he accomplished so much by operating entirely on his own terms. He produced so much quality content, both in music and in television, that I think it'll gain him a lot of leverage for producing more of his projects in the future, And that makes me really excited. Same. Okay, now I think we saved the best for last in terms of our 2016 leaderboard because my last person that I want to nominate is Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes! (laughs) There is absolutely no denying that Lin-Manuel Miranda had a great year I mean, 2016 was the year Hamilton really blew up and gained so much attention. A book was released on the making of the musical, there was a documentary on PBS, and more recently, there was the release of the Hamilton mixtapes. And on a personal level, he also gained a lot of critical success in earning several Grammys and Tonys. And with his recent Oscar nomination for Moana, he could be the youngest person ever to have the EGOT honor of winning all four of the prestigious entertainment awards. Wow! Yeah, that's something only 12 people have managed to achieve in the past. That's crazy! Yes! But more importantly, however, Miranda held a firm grasp on the central message of his musical and made sure to channel its energy toward effecting positive change. He used it in getting out the boat, in raising awareness of Puerto Rico's debt crisis, and also in declaring that love is love is love is love. I feel like his voice was everywhere and I think it was really needed. I kept describing him as a shining beacon of hope and I still think that'll carry forward in the future. And for all of this, yeah, I think we might as well just declare him as the winner of 2016. Uh, yes. Lynn won 2016. And in addition to all the fantastic things you've just said, I do have to say I'm saying 2016 specifically is his year because as he's admitted himself, he's probably not going to top Hamilton. (laughs) And the narrative arc that it's incredible success completed because he had been working on it for so many years I mean don't get me wrong he's great but I do think we're almost interestingly starting to see kind of a good humored blowback to his success oh that's interesting 
I mean, his story was so predicated on being, to quote Hamilton's first song, young, scrappy, and hungry. And he is now, well-deservedly, kind of none of these things. So while I think we're going to see him continue to create great, impactful things that with really great messages, at this point, he's working with Disney. He has a very, very well-established style where anyone that's talking like this can <laughs> recognize Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like, <laughs> he's, he's kind of created his own brand. So I feel like, in a sense, at this point, he's coasting. Hmm. I That might sound critical, and I completely don't mean it to be. I want to see him coasting. I want to see stuff coming out with his unique perspective, his unique voice. But I think he'd admit himself that uh, the recognition for his greatest creations probably climaxed in 2016 and from this point on he's going to be more of a just one of those hall of famers like Meryl Streep now who can do anything she wants and people just know that it will be good and quality Mm -hmm. right it'll definitely be difficult for anyone to try to recreate the success he's had including himself but yeah like you said I'm confident his success will carry him toward even greater opportunities in the future, and I'm sure he'll harness that momentum toward good and worthwhile projects, so we're cheering for you, Lynn. Yep. <laughs> Wholeheartedly. And I'm. if he proves me wrong with the not topping himself thing, there's going to be no one that's happier to be wrong than me. Yeah. All right. So looking back on 2016, it's clear that yes, there were a lot of letdowns, but there were also a lot of calls for celebration. And I'm really glad we had this conversation, Iman, because I think it's definitely helping me feel a little better about the year ahead. Oh, yeah, me too. (laughs) Okay, well that does it for this mini episode of Screensaver. Definitely be sure to check in over the next few days as we attempt to finally release our Top Albums episode. We're talking to you, Eric. (laughs) It was such a great year in music. It's taken us longer than regular to plan that one out, but you won't want to miss it. In the meantime, if you have any thoughts you want to share with us on today's conversation, be sure to connect with us on Twitter and like our Facebook page, Screensaver Podcast. And as always, you can check out other episodes of Screensaver on iTunes. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye, Iman. 